welcome to another InventRight TV show. My name is Andrew Krause. I co-founded InventRight with Stephen Key over 21 years ago. And since then, we've had students in over 65 countries. We have 12 amazing coaches that help us. It's not just Stephen and myself anymore. It hasn't been for quite some time. And one of those coaches is actually a specialist as well. And his name is Paul Sorensen, and he's our negotiation coach. Our students, hey Paul, our students have a coach to guide them through the whole process, but when it gets to negotiations, it gets a little bit more dicey, and that's when Paul jumps in. How you doing, Paul? I'm doing good. Good, doing good. So I'm just going to throw some questions at, at you, and feel free right. to talk about whatever you want to talk about. You've got kind of a unique position here at InventRight, don't you? I do. Um, yeah, it's exciting too, isn't it? It is. It's really fun. Now, people are a little nervous. When they, they, they send a sell sheet out, video sell sheet, a paper sell sheet, PDF, email, however, and they get some interest back. And at the appropriate time, the coach says, okay, you need to start talking to Paul now. Because when we get into a deep negotiation, they start talking to you. Um, I like saying this to shock people. And I think it's very true. And I think it, it shows a lot towards what you do to move a deal forward. and. Not everybody watching is going to become a student of ours, so some tips you can give to move a deal forward from initial interest. So initial interest, getting that very initial interest to think that you talk to a company and they are now going to say, here's our formal process. You're going to do this and this and this and this. Is that the way it works? Um, almost never. Okay. Yeah, usually uh, they start showing a little bit of interest and they might even ask you some questions about what you're looking for, what terms. And so that's when students get really nervous. It's like, I don't know what I'm looking for. I don't know what terms. And so that's when they'll be working with their coach. And at a certain point, the coach will refer them to me and I can help them transition and, and know kind of how to talk to the, now, the company about that. One thing that I really like about how we handle negotiations is I always tell people that you're basically doing the negotiation for them, but they're the mouthpiece. So mm -hmm. because they're new to it all, like they drop you an email and it says something. And they're like, I don't know what to say to this. And Paul's like, oh, they say that all the time. Say this back. Um, you got your first phone call coming up. You know, you want to know, like, what are the key things to focus on in different phone calls at different points of the process, right? And you prep them for that. So you're not on the call with them. Correct. But you're going to tell them exactly what how to handle the call. Then you debrief after the call and go, okay, here's our next step. This is what we're going to do based on how that call went, right? Right. I find that they want me to lay out how the call is going to go, and I don't know. So the best advice I can give them is to go in prepared to talk about their product, know what they want in general terms, and um, – then the company will be asking them some questions. They have the opportunity to ask the company questions. And that is a big part of that is developing the relationship and the rapport. And, um, you know, they might be asking, well, what are you looking for? Say, hey, I'm just looking for a royalty contract. Have you guys done one of those before? Mm -hmm. And whatever their answer is, is very revealing. Because if they haven't, then we can guide them a little bit different than if they have. If they have, they know the drill. Um, they've probably done a, uh, have a contract that they like, and you can say, oh, great. Well, you know, 
want to use the contract that you guys have used in one of your past deals as a starting point to see how we can work together. Yeah. But there's this whole from initial interest to contract, there's all this back and forth to get to the contract. Occasionally, sometimes the company will send very early on. Usually it's a DRTV company, infomercial guys. But usually there's a lot of back and forth and you're helping the student with that interaction. Oh, I don't know. We're a little concerned about manufacturing this piece or we're concerned about cost or concerned about this or that. And you're helping them go back and forth with the company. Um, is it this perception that on that first call that you're going to do some sort of deal subconsciously or consciously, I think some inventors are thinking about that. What can you say to help our audience to get in the right mindset where they're not thinking things like that, which is very wrong to do that, right? Yeah, when they get to where they're showing interest, um, sometimes you are a little ways away from the contract because they still have to, just because they're showing interest doesn't mean they're ready to sign. They might have some concerns about, hey, have you done some prior art search on this? Have you uh, thought about this in the production? You know, we're perceiving this problem. Have you thought about that? So if you've thought those things through and you have an answer that you can throw back at them, that puts them at ease. They're like, oh, okay, this is really a product developer, not just some guy that came up with a random idea. And so it's it's about being familiar with your product and have done your homework before you get to that point. So you really are the expert on your product, mm -hmm. at least to a certain extent. And wow. then you're more open to answer questions that they might have to make them feel comfortable, which will then move the interest forward a little bit. So if an inventor got on, playing devil's advocate here, if an inventor got on a call with a company showed interest and they just sat there answering their questions, they didn't ask any, would they have done a good job on that first call? No, because it's a two-way interview, if you will. You want to be finding out about them. Like I mentioned before, you want to know Hey, what do you guys like about this product? How do you feel it fits into your your uh, product line? But Paul, uh, they emailed back. They said this looks interesting. It's all done. No, I'm joking. No, but but and and subconsciously people want that because they have some anxiety. They want that to happen, but that's not the way it works. What's the average time from people showing initial interest to signing a deal? I mean, people get interest from multiple companies quite often. They fall off, but when the deal is signed. It's a pretty long runway, isn't it? It can be, it can be as fast as a couple of weeks, but it can be as long as uh, I've seen six, eight months. That's not normal, I, though. What's the average? Like two, three? Uh, Maybe. I don't think it's generally over two months. Okay. So somewhere around six, eight weeks. But that's definitely not getting an email where they show interest. And right. then you got a contract the next day and you're signing it the next day. It's definitely not that. Right. Right. You know, and, and that's where you, if you have a company that's a little more experienced with licensing, it'll be faster because they know their role in it. Um, but if you have a company that doesn't do a lot of licensing deals, they're a little bit unsure too. So you're both mm -hmm. are at the same advantage or disadvantage, whichever, however you want to view it, and you work through it together. So would your advice be if a company, well, one of the things you always tell students, ask if they've done a licensing deal before. That's extremely telling. And why is that so important? It's be, uh, it tells a couple things. Number one, if they're a little more open to it, if they have, have done licensing before, I can always tell in the contracts because they've been worked over on some of the terms that 
they're out of line in asking for, um, and they just build that into their contract if they're if they know what a real contract should look like. Yeah, yeah. So what are what do you think the things that people are fearful so much of when they get interest from a company? What do you think are the biggest fears people have when they get to that point? Um, I mean, I they think... have less fear because they you're there by their side. At that point, you're really micromanaging. Like literally, they're not supposed to call or email without consulting what your advice is first, right? I mean, at that point. So they, they have you, but let's say you 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 they were not a student of ours because a lot of our YouTube viewers aren't ever going to become a student, some of them. Um, what's, the, what's the mindset that they should be in there? I think the biggest fear that they have is the unknown, and they have a lot of trepidation about what if they ask me something that I don't know? Well, if that happens, just tell them, hey, I'm not sure, but I can get back with you on that. Or even you can say, you know, what what do you suggest? What, what do you guys have in mind? You, you're not agreeing to that. You're just seeing kind of where they're drawing the line in the sand. Uh, a lot of companies are quite um, very easy to work with, and they'll answer your questions. It's not a big deal for them either. They know this is just a conversation at this point. Yeah, I think that people, like, they watch too much Shark Tank or some reality TV show, and they think that this is like a big, intense pitch and it's it's not at all is it it's pretty casual. Not at all. no yeah they're very easy to work with and it can be as slow or fast paces you to uh make it out to be Mm-hmm. yeah and you know on that first call how important is establishing rapport just them realizing you're not because there are wacky inventors out there you're not a wacky inventor you're easy enough to talk to and communicate isn't that a big thing that you're trying to accomplish on that first call That's too? Probably the absolute most important thing in that first call oh. is to show them that you're easy to work with. You don't have all these demands. You're not going to tell them how to run their business. Uh, but you've also done your homework and you're competent in your idea too. And so they see the mutual respect that you have for them as well as the fact that you kind of know the drill in inventing and your role in licensing a product to them it's not that you come in and you run the ship now because it's your product it's that you have a good idea they think it's a good idea you're ready to hand your baby over to them and allow them the autonomy to do with it what they see fit according to their business model yeah yeah that's great that's great would you your students trip out when you say, look, a big part of what you're trying to do on this call is just to establish that you're easy enough to work with. We're not trying to do 20 questions and you, you break it down. You give them a few things, major mm -hmm. things to typically discuss on that first call, right? I see them um, relieved more than I see them trip out. They're like, oh, okay, good, because I didn't know what I was going to do. I'm right. glad to hear that it's kind of more low key. Right, 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 which is nice. Yeah, it the really process works. to getting to the deal is slow with licensing because sometimes you have to send to a company a bunch of times before they respond one way or another. And the negotiation process is slow, too. They're making a big decision. They might be investing tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in a product and they they need some time to think on this and consult with other people in the company, get quotes on manufacturing and wait for a meeting to happen. That's not going to happen for two weeks with the rest mm -hmm. of the team members, you know, right. and. 
when you explain that to people, they're still impatient, I'm sure. They just want to get the deal done. It's, but it is what it is. You got to tell them like it is, right? Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, I, thank you, Paul. I'm really excited about this series. We're interviewing all the coaches. Um, I'll come back around, interview you again. Okay. Yeah, and, this is something we could talk about. Every time we talked, it would be a little bit different. And yeah. Because there's a lot to it. Even though it's a simple process, there's a lot to it. And so, yeah, we certainly should talk about this again. But if you if you are do become an EventRight student, uh, Paul is one of the most knowledgeable, helpful people I've ever met. Um, he's super helpful. He's super nice. He'll tell you like it is, but he'll he'll make it make sense for you. He's a really um, really helpful negotiation coach. That that critical part when people are kind of nervous. You know, some people like they're super nervous and some people aren't. Uh, it's it's kind of a trip, but Paul gets you through it one way or another. And hopefully I think we, Paul shared some important information on mindset. So if you're doing this yourself and you're not an event rights student, you can be that much more in the mindset. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing these interviews with coaches so they can share with our YouTube audience mindset tips, different parts of the process. And yeah, it's within the context of like talking about helping our students, but it's going to help you even if you never become a student of ours. So mm -hmm. all right. thank you, Paul. All right. Thanks for having me on. I look forward to coming back sometime. All right. Sounds good. Take care. Keep inventing, everybody, and we'll catch up with you next time. See ya. There's a great idea in each of us. But it's truly magical to see it come to life. Sharing your creativity with the world has never been easier. We can help.